it's the end. We've gathered 15 times together as we have looked at this letter to the church there in Philippi. A letter in the scriptures we call Philippians. And, and I don't know about you, but this letter has been such a blessing and, and just a joy to go through as, as your pastor. It's, it's been an encouragement. And, you know, we started this, this letter in October. And what an amazing way to go through a Philippians as, as we close out the year and begin a new year. And to end and begin with a letter that focuses on the joy the peace that God extends his children through his son Jesus Christ. This has been just an amazing letter for me to, to study through. And I hope that as we have gone through that you have found time to read through this letter multiple times. If you have not sat down and read it all the way through, I would encourage you to do that. It's just four chapters. And what a fitting letter it's been. It's, it's talking about how to, to pursue joy and peace. Not because we have great circumstances. But in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our sorrows, we can find that. Our letter today closes with, with just three verses. Often I, I have seen where, where folks will just even just kind of, okay, done, move on to the next. It's like, oh, these are just little, you know, those little personal greetings and, and move on. I, I didn't want to do that for us today. So I'm sure last week some of you were like, really, he's going to do a whole sermon on three verses? Well, yes, I mean, this, these verses are loaded. And I'm excited about them. I mean, they're crucial. They're crucial for you and I, for the church today. So as we look at these three verses, we're going to look at, at God getting the glory. Where our focus should be. We're going to look at, at the greetings to the saints. You're like, really? There's a sermon about greetings to the saints? You bet. It's about the interaction of God's people together. We're going to look at the grace that's extended to you and I. The very thing in which we find our strength and our hope. I want to start this morning by, by looking at Paul's opening words as we consider his closing words. So if you would follow along as you turn to Philippians, and if you were in chapter 4, good for you, but we're going to go back to chapter 1 just for a moment. Chapter 1, the first four verses, 
Paul says this as he pens a letter to these dear saints. He says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in every prayer for you all. Turn to chapter 4. Paul closes his letter this way. Verse 20. Now, to our God and Father, be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are here, who are with me, greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. I mean, these are powerful verses. Would you not agree? Some of you are going, hmm. Not sure how yet, but okay. Yeah. These are exciting verses for me because they, they deal with practicality. It, it begins with the glory being given to God. Glory to God, our focus. He goes, now. Now, glory to God. He goes, now, Philippians, read this. Hear this. Church. Our focus is to be on God. Our focus is to bring glory to Him. Church of Parachute. Readers. Now. Now to our God and Father. You know, glory... It's not a word we use very often in our vocabulary, is it? I'm not sure you as the church go around asking your family members, are, are you bringing glory to God? I don't know if that's part of your vocabulary. At the dinner table, looking at your son or your daughter and saying, are you glorifying God? We, we don't use that vocabulary. I think we should. I mean, we, we sing it in songs and, and different things, but what is glory? How do, what is giving glory to God truly look like? It's simply this, honor. Giving God honor. Giving him something praiseworthy. We have to back up though. Is God truly praiseworthy in our life? 
Do we live a life that everybody reading our story, when they look, the only thing they can do is give praise to God? Or is their praise going somewhere else? Glory, honor. Forever and ever. That's a long time. It's an ongoing thing. It's not a, I give glory to God every Sunday. No. It's not, I give glory to God every ten minutes in the morning. No, it's forever and ever. This is a life. This is a focus for the believer. And, and Paul, is he's writing and finishing this, I mean, he concludes his very last sentence, aside from the greeting, says, Now! In other words, to sum all of this up, God gets the glory forever and ever. Amen. It is so. Let it be. I think that is amazing. Consider, as, as we've looked at this letter, how Paul has focused his, his reader's attention to God's glory. To bringing glory to God. In chapter 1, God received the glory as Paul shared his circumstances and his desire to, to spread the gospel even in difficult circumstances. And he praises God. He's rejoicing. But he's rejoicing because of God, not his circumstances per se. You don't have to like your circumstances. I'm sure if you ask Paul, Paul, do you like being in prison? He would say, no. But I rejoice because of what God is doing. And we'll look at that in a moment. Chapter 2, God receives the glory. As, as we looked at those words in chapter 2 and reflected on Christ's selfish, selflessness and submission. You remember that? As we looked at, at Jesus Christ as our example and his selfless attitude in which he lived, God once again got the glory. In chapter 3, God received the glory as we considered the sufferings that Christ went through. We're challenged to, to think on spiritual things. Not to think on the circumstances, not to think on the things the world thinks on or the way the world thinks, but we are, we're challenged to have a spiritual mindset. And then in chapter 4, God received the glory as we looked at his sufficiency. The sufficiency of Christ, and, and not only on his sufficiency, but his security. 
Do you realize you and I are secure in Jesus Christ? And because of that, we have peace and joy. And Paul writes all of this to you and I, to the Philippian church, to bring God glory. What a letter. Even now, as we read it, as we study it, as it's proclaimed, God is receiving the glory. So as people read your story, as they read your life, as they read your actions, your words, your example... When they read that, does God get the glory? He should. He deserves it. I mean, we sing songs about it, right? It's so easy to sing a song to a melody that just sounds good, and in the moment we feel it, but... Does he truly get the glory? I think quite often we, we forget that. Quite often I forget that. My attention goes to the things here and now. My heart actually sometimes really enjoys getting the glory myself, right? Who doesn't love a good attaboy, right? I appreciated last week how we finished up chapter 4 with a focus on, on our missionaries, with a focus on, on reaching out, and I will tell you it was so exciting. I had several of our missionaries just, they texted me and they're like, it was so, this week was so encouraging. Random people from your church were just reaching out and, and saying they were praying for me. What's sad is that was a, a rarity, that was a novelty to them. But the, it was so much of a blessing, they reached out and they're like, wow! So church, thank you. Thank you for that. Because it truly, truly encouraged and blessed your, your brothers and sisters in Christ serving in other places. I hope you keep doing it. It was encouraging. We, some of the uh, folks were going out and just picking up all these missionary pamphlets so they had the contact. Great! Take them all. We'll print more. Encourage them. Pray for them. It's truly body living at, at its fullest. And as we, as we look at the greetings to the saints, we're looking at the interactions with the body of Christ. And, well, you know what? I'm just going to let you see this. We had one of our missionaries so touched by that. He's like, you know what? I need to send a, a, a video to, to Grace Bible. 
He didn't send a letter like Paul sent a letter, but my goodness, he, he sends his greetings, his love and appreciation. So let's, let's turn our attention to the video. Hey, Grace Bible Church, Ryan here. Uh, greetings from Colorado Springs over on the other side of the Rockies. Uh, I wanted to show you guys that uh, I got an office completed where I live, which is very exciting. Uh, Jed had talked about having some guys come over to maybe help, but it was such a, a in and out, didn't know what was really going on kind of process. Um, but it's here, and you're on my laptop, but I'll show you guys around. Like There's a, a front door, and I got a cover storage back there, but books, and lots more books, and uh, <laughs> there's going to be a seating area back there eventually. I'll get a chair for it, but um, yeah, and then there's a, a desk over here. This is where the magic happens. Um, but uh, I just wanted to show you guys because uh, I know you've been praying for our, our progress here at the property. Um, my in-laws house is almost done. It's right out my front door about 30 feet across that way and uh, it's getting really close. Um, I am the only pastor I know whose office is a former chicken coop uh, but it's a nice chicken coop inside now as you can see and I'm super thankful that uh, we've been able to get this done. So uh, I wanted to just give you an update. We are still looking at the new building. Um, we're waiting to hear back from the other church and see what their response is. Um, but we're, we're gonna, gonna get that figured out there. Hopefully to move in by June was last we had heard from them. And uh, the Lord's, Lord's blessing. Uh, we got new people coming in every week. Um, we're about to have our, our first real official kind of annual members meeting. We're doing some constitution and bylaw changes from stuff we figured out that we should have known a long time ago. But sometimes stuff slips, slips through the cracks. So uh, we're working that out coming up on the 19th, I think. Uh, yeah, and, and the Lord's just been been good. And I'm so thankful for you guys. Uh, I got a, a Christmas card from you, and, and there was a gift in there for our family. It's incredibly generous. Uh, and, and I had one of your, one of your members uh, text me yesterday and just said, hey, I, I'm praying for you, and I want you to know that. And I can't tell you how much that means. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're still kind of getting off the ground, and, and the Lord has blessed it, and we're doing well, and we're so thankful for that. Um, but to know that there are saints that don't know us well or that, that live on the other side of the state uh, and you're still caring for us and, and the work of Christ here in Colorado Springs, we are absolutely thrilled. So as you find out more about the new building, I'll keep you updated. Uh, our goal is to do a, a block party early in, in uh, June once we get there and let everybody know that we're there, uh, invite the community onto the campus and see if we can uh, get some connection outreach there. But we're just so thankful for what the Lord's doing and I'm thankful for you. So uh, your, your support means a ton uh, and your prayers uh, mean the most because to go before the Father on behalf of someone else on, on behalf of a church is a huge, huge thing and, and we don't undervalue that at all. So uh, we love you guys, God bless you and we'll talk to you later. You know, it's almost like we were reading chapter 4 in, in his, his message there, weren't we? Did you, did you hear the gratitude in his heart, in his voice for, for, for you guys? For your gift? Your, your prayers? 
just knowing that, that the church was, was behind them, encouraging them and, and being a part. I think too quickly, we, we look over greetings. We, we look past that. I, I got a text this morning from Mark Henry, the, the, the founding pastor of this church, and he said, Jed, please send my greetings and my prayers and just my, my thoughts to the people there at Grace. I'm like, wow, that's fitting. That fits right in with the sermon. That's great. What a blessing that, that we have the ability as saints to extend that. And you know what? We don't have to send a letter like, like Paul did, which posted just going up anyways, so that's okay. We can text. We can send a video. You know what? If Paul could have sent a video to the Philippians, I guarantee he would have done that instead. So they could see his joy. So they could hear the enthusiasm in his voice as he rejoiced even in his circumstances. You know, he probably would have taken that little laptop and shown the guard that he's chained to that day. And he goes, hey, pray for him. He's almost there. I mean, could you see Paul doing that? And the guard going, oh, you know. I could see Paul doing that. Greeting the saints, it's the interaction that you and I have together. I was talking with Ron this morning. I'm like, how come on a Sunday morning it's like 10 till and no one is hardly here yet? He's like, this is the western slope. I'm like, great. He goes, everybody's just slow to get here. Lay back, relax. I'm like, cool. Then why are they so eager to leave? I mean, they're slow to come in, but I mean, we say amen, those doors open, and it's like a race. <laughs> You're laughing because you might be one of them. I don't know, but it's <clears throat> greeting. I, I want to encourage you today, you might be one of those racers. Put the brakes on. Take time at least to greet one person. And I don't mean, hey, how you doing? Good. Okay, bye. Not that. In fact, Paul gives us a beautiful, beautiful example of how to greet one another. All right, so we're going to look at Paul's example and, and basically instruction on how to greet each other. We're going to go back to chapter 1. It's very simple. He's very simple, okay? So chapter 1, and it begins this way. Paul and Timothy... Okay, let people know who you are. Because guess what? You may walk up and they're like, I have seen his face. I have seen her face for like months. And now it's awkward to ask their name. So just introduce who you are, okay? Let, let them know. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus to all the saints. There you go. There's your assignment. Everyone. I'll let you get by with at least one, though, today, okay? Everyone, greet all the saints. No clicks. No segregation. 
Oh, we're so good at that in churches sometimes. You know what I appreciate? I don't, I don't see that much in our, our, our church family. And if you're part of a clique, break it up. It's not worth it. We're to greet everyone. Be a part of it. You know what? I love that our youth will go up and, and, and talk to, to Fred. There is a little bit of an age gap there. But you know what? Just a little, okay? But they go up and they interact. They engage. We don't have to have these divisions. Greet all the saints. It says, including <laughs> the elders and the deacons. You know, please, we like to talk to people too. Guess what? We, we have things that, that burden us too. All the saints. Okay, next one is extend grace and facilitate peace. Look at this, look at this, okay? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. You and I need to remind each other, greet each other with grace. We need to extend the, the peace that God wants in our fellowship to others. I understand there can be differences sometimes. But as you greet one another, extend grace because I would venture to say you want grace as well. Facilitate peace. Oh my goodness, wouldn't it be great if the entire family of God Christians around the world, the one thing they were known for was extending grace and facilitating peace in their circles. Bye-bye denominational walls, right? I mean, how cool would that be if brothers and sisters could get along? So greet each other that way. And by the way, this is rooted in Christ. This isn't in yourself. I understand that this is not a natural thing for people. This is rooted in Christ, and we can do this because of Jesus. The next thing, look at this. Be thankful for each other. Even the weird ones like me. Okay, be thankful. I thank God in all my remembrance of you. Remember each other. You know, we have prayers that are listed. We have prayers that go out and all of that. Remember. It takes effort. It does. It may mean that you have to pull up your phone and remember those prayers and like, oh, that's right, that's right. I need to go and, and see uh, Josh afterwards and see how they're doing how the family is doing because last night was difficult. And remember. Remember our missionaries because you know what? They feel forgotten quite often. And just show that you're appreciative. Show that you're appreciative. Parents, when you pick up your kids today, Tell Miss Audrey, 
that you are so thankful for the ministry she gives to your kids on a faithful basis. Some of you stop by the sound booth afterwards and say, thank you for serving this way. Just go up and thank someone just randomly. If nothing else, I thank God you're here. Wow. And genuinely mean it. Be real. Last, pray. Look at what he says. Always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. You know nothing else what to say to someone. Go up to them and say, I want to pray for you this week. It would be my joy to pray for you. In fact, how can I do that? Just go up to someone. This is, this is just being the body of Christ. This is just being the family of God. And we can be this, we can greet one another afterwards. There's even coffee and donuts. What a blessing. And you know what? God wants this. He wants this for his people. I mean, consider all those that Paul is taking time in this letter that he is writing to. Look at who he is greeting. He goes, greet everyone in the church. Basically, he's like, you know everybody there. You're reading this. I want you all to know that you are in my thoughts. But then he goes on and he says, those with me. I mean, that's, we, we at least know Timothy, right? But Epaphroditus is there and they're sending their greetings because they just, oh, they, when they think of the church in Philippi, it just brings them joy. He's already said that. But then he goes on, he goes, not, all, not only those who are here, maybe it was even the Roman guard he was chained to. He's like, hey, hey, tell him I said hi to, right? Those there with him send their greetings. But not only them, did you get this? Those in Rome, especially in, in Caesar's household. This to me is the coolest thing ever. Paul, as he is there in Rome, as he sits in prison under house arrest, is having a phenomenal ministry. Three missionary trips Paul planned. The fourth, God planned. That's right, your maps only show one or three missionary journeys, but it really should show a fourth. Because as God brought Paul to Rome, now the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ was going even directly into Caesar's household. Those who were there in the, in the palace and everything else were, were sharing Christ. How cool is that? I appreciate that God establishes mission fields for each of us. 
You all go to different places on a daily basis throughout the week that I'll never get to go to. But God has you there. Could those in your workplace, as you send greetings to a missionary, be able to say, hey, hey, when you do that, tell them I said hi and I'm thinking of them too. Could they? Or is that a separate thing? Is that a place where you live where God doesn't get glory? Because, well, it would just be awkward. I don't know how much more awkward you can get than being chained to a Roman soldier. Well, might as well preach. What an opportunity. Paul ends on a powerful note. Verse 23, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Grace to you. You know, I don't know about you, but my spirit needs grace. My spirit needs grace. Paul, in his situation, humanly speaking, he needed grace. You and I live through difficult situations. The Philippians, as they received this letter, they needed God's grace. Difficult economic times. A government that was oppressive and, and dividing and, and just chaotic. Uncertainties. Everything that God promoted, the government was turning its back against. And that was the time of the Philippians. And you know what? We see similarities in our day too, don't we? Paul didn't say, grace be with your mind. Grace be with your intellect. I want you to fully understand all the details of grace. He didn't say that. He said, grace be with your spirit. Because when grace is with our spirit, it bolsters the body of Christ. It bolsters the believer to stand up, to live like no one else, to find joy and peace even in those circumstances, even in the darkest of times. Richard Wormbrandt writes about midnight. I want to I want to read what he said. It's a little lengthy, but here's a man who understood darkness. Here's a man who understood a prison cell. Persecution. He saw darkness face to face in ways I pray none of us ever do. But he writes this, the earth turns on its axis. 
Midnight is the moment when a part of the earth is the farthest away from the sun. Spiritual midnight is the period of the greatest departure from God. We are approaching this midnight. The children of God do not receive midnight, midnight with the same feelings as the world. At midnight, the firstborn of the Egyptians died, but the chosen people got their freedom. The Lord has said, night is coming when no one can work. But as often as the thing is declared impossible in the Bible, this does not refer to the faithful. About them, Jesus declared, all things are possible for one who believes. God's people can work near midnight. It was at midnight that Samson took the gates of the city of Gaza. At midnight, Ruth received from Boaz the promise, I will do for you all that you ask. At midnight, Paul and Silas won for the Lord, the jailer of Philippi. At midnight, God's people have achieved great works. Therefore, the psalmist says, at midnight, I rise to praise you. We are not afraid of the darkness in the world. We work. And what a work we have. As Paul has so beautifully declared in this letter, we have the work of joining together for the progress of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the location. And we do that together. We do that through the power of God's grace. His grace given to others through you. His grace received by you. Oh, it's powerful. Do you realize that God's grace, as Paul ends this, has the ability to comfort regardless your circumstance? It has the ability to complete. Paul would write in Ephesians, it is by grace you have been saved. It completes us. Where we were lacking, where we had that void, it is filled through the power of Jesus Christ, through His grace. And it's grace that compels us. It compels you and I to live for Him. It's what bolsters our spirit. to do what he has called us to do. Because of grace, church, you and I can truly, as Paul has heralded in this letter, live a joy-filled life. And we, along with Paul, can, can declare rejoice in the Lord always. Yes, I will say it again. Rejoice! Come on, let's say it together. I want to know that you feel it. I want to know that you actually understand it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, Rejoice! I hope you believe that. And if you don't, you need to read this letter again. Let's pray. God, 
you deserve glory. And this letter has declared it in an amazing way. God, I pray that as we close this service, we greet one another. God, that we would extend grace. And I pray that your grace would compel us to live for you, to live a life where regardless of the circumstances, we can rejoice in your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh God, I pray for joy and peace and grace for each one here today listening. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.